Yes, it's episode four of the You Should Know About This podcast. My name's Jonathan. I'm Flo. And I'm Rashid. And today's a bit of a different one in the fact that we've got a special guest, uh, Dorcas. She's part of the Familiar Faces Network and our wonderful esteemed colleague at Mother. Um, But yeah, what are we chatting uh, about today, Flo? Yeah, today we're talking about all things LGBTQIA+. Um, Dorcas is going to walk us through kind of her experience um, identifying as queer and we're just going to talk about kind of our perceptions and also just how it relates to the workplace yeah especially how it relates to us as people of color and trying to relate it to you know our upbringing and our household especially our cultures that we've all uh, come from yeah it was really insightful for us and um, hopefully it's insightful for you enjoy see you in a bit it feels like it's still something that's difficult to talk about in, in the workplace, unfortunately. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, I think we just got over the the hump of racial discourse just about as of last year. Yeah. Um, but it's there's still the big hump of talking about pride and celebrating, you know, the different um, gender identities in romantic identities that there are in the workplace which is a a shame but hopefully we're about to get rid of all of that definitely and yeah and also part of i guess celebrating pride and what you just said is (laughs) (laughs) is also understanding because like i i just alluded to i i'm not quite sure how to even talk about it i'm not quite sure like what to say what not to say um and it would be yeah it's just interesting to have an open conversation about it I'll openly say that I'm probably super ignorant to this topic, but it's one that, you know, I'm willing to learn and understand more about. Um, and I think, yeah, man, it'll be interesting because I think there's so many different topics to touch on when it comes to uh, Pride and um, the LGBT community. Should we start with that? Should we start yeah. with the... Because I, <laughs> for everybody that can't see uh, Dorcas's face, <laughs> she, she, she smirked when, <laughs> when Jonathan said LGBTQ. So I'm trying is, to get my letters together, man. Yeah. Come on. Do you know what? That, that, that was close enough. If, I think ending at the T is fine. Like You could throw a plus in there so we know that you know there are additional oh, yeah. acronyms. But you did good. You did good. But the official way of saying it is LGBTQIA+. That's the full version, I would That's say. That's the full version. As as far as my recent knowledge is, that's the that's the most complete version. So QIA plus, right? What are those additional letters? What what do they stand for? In my knowledge, in intersex and asexual. But I may be wrong. But in my knowledge that's okay. what it is. A lot of identities that even even like I'm still very much there. I'd like to say I'm a, a very <laughs> as much as being a member of that, like a queer person, I'm very much an ally to, you know, the other queer identities that don't um, that I don't necessarily identify with and intersex people, asexual people, there's there's still those are still identities even I'm like learning about, but I'm like, but still, go you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, there's just I think even on a very basic level, there's um very restrictive like parameters of the types of conversations we can have. Um like me and kind of um Rash were discussing a bit earlier how I don't even like the word sexuality. 
because it has the word sex in it. And I think um, my biggest gripe with that is that sexuality is, is too hypersexualized. And that's when people think it's inappropriate, quote unquote, inappropriate um, to discuss in the workplace or what I hate the most when people like it's inappropriate to discuss in front of children. Like all you're going to be talking about is gay sex, right? And that's absolutely not the case. So I think that kind of even contributes to why people think it's inappropriate to talk about in the workplace. Um, whereas I prefer to to call it romantic preference because that's all it is. It's just like the preference of who you're attracted to and attraction doesn't come, have to come hand in hand with sex. Um, and that also then, you know, gives like validity to asexual people because they've got whoever they're attracted to, but they're not sexually attracted to anyone, but their romantic preferences are still equally valid. You say you say romantic preference mm. where and, and I was just wondering when it comes to, I guess, like the conversation around pronouns, which I think is also an LGBTQIA plus kind of conversation. Mm. Does that also have something to do with romantic preference or is that separate? No, so that I would definitely say is separate because um, like in the LGBTQIA plus community, it's, it's quite it's quite a big umbrella where it could be separated by sexual identity and gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so with pronouns, that's more about your gender identity and your gender expression. Mm-hmm. So obviously, just a, just a quick lesson for like, I, I like to, I've learned this, so I like to kind of bestow upon other people. There's a difference between gender and sex. Um, sex is biological based on like your chromosomes and your reproductive features. Um, there are three sexes, male, female and intersex. Um, and then gender is based on the societal constructs, which is not consistent throughout time, culture, um, even like re- across religions, like the fact that, you know, girls have long hair and wear makeup and dresses. Uh, boys have short hair and, you know, are the tough earners and providers. And do, do you know what I mean? Like those are just very, very like gendered constructs. But people can decide to kind of like, I don't fit in this one. I fit in that one. Or I feel more like mm. this. That's why gender is something that can shift and change. And that's like how you kind of get trend transgender people um this is my very basic basic level understanding yeah you're not you're not here to like educate us all it's it's just more it's interesting to see how you see it as someone identifying as queer that's yeah that's a really good explanation a gender identity if someone obviously like identifies differently to how they were assigned at birth which is like their biological sex um then you know they could be considered transgendered or they can be considered non-binary or there there are loads more identities like agendered and stuff um, mm. and that can then contribute to them wanting to um, to be identified correctly through like specific pronouns so um, I am comfortable with being called she her it doesn't have to necessarily make sense of what I was assigned at birth but that's what I feel comfortable being addressed as some people yeah. prefer be called he him some people prefer being called they them that's just like as in how they kind of present themselves to the world that's not necessarily anything to do with who they're attracted to like a sexual attraction is like another um topic entirely when was the time where you kind of came across this or you where you were like oh i actually identify with queer um so like being being queer so (laughs) my quiz (laughs) is is to do with my romantic preference as opposed to my gender identity so i'm cisgendered so i identify with the with the the sex that i was assigned at birth so i was assigned female at birth i identify as a woman so i use she her pronouns so my gender like is cisgendered but in terms of sexuality (laughs) 
I, I prefer saying queer because bisexual, just I hate the fact that it has the word sex in it. It sounds yucky. And I'm like, stop. Yeah, I don't like, mm. you know, linking it too closely to sex. Because like I said, I feel like it's too hypersexualized. Because one thing that's really uncomfortable is the first thing. The moment people realize you're not straight, they tend to ask sex related questions. And mm. it's so invasive. Um, and sometimes I just wonder, I'm like, if someone asked you that as a heterosexual person, you would find it so invasive and such an invasion of your privacy. But the moment they see you as this alien, like, whoa, dude, like they just mm. ask all sorts of questions that are completely inappropriate and they don't realize how inappropriate it is because of how, how I believe sexualities are like hyper, hyper sexualized. They just focus on the sex, not the fact that, you know, when I'm attracted to someone, like I like the person and who yeah. they are and how they make me feel and give me butterflies in my tummy and all those yeah. things <laughs> it's so right because the second you said that i can reflect on times i've heard people say that to females around me women around me and i just thought it was fine but hearing it now i'm just like yeah it's actually a mad thing that people thought those are okay questions yeah just because of someone's preference exactly and if no one asked me randomly in mid-combo yeah Raj, well, i'm like what the, this is the most random <laughs> literally random thing i think it, it goes back to like um you know where i was raised and how i was raised mm. when it comes to how i identify it was kind of pushed on me from a young age mm. and then via school if you did traits that may uh, uh perceived yeah or may have made you seem gay it was frowned upon sadly from where mm. i was from and mm. obviously i'm not like that now but that uh bias in my head is kind of like something i've fought against and dropped over the years as you grow older you're just like that was ridiculous that everyone yeah. around me and i was too scared to defend it because you're just like i don't want to be yeah. an outcast in my social group or my friend group yeah. and i think it's as we we're all people of color you know sexuality is such a it's such a thing where it's an old-fashioned immigrant household mm. and you kind of just allow the family to say mad things even though we're all quite modern and we, we work modern jobs we go back home and our families are kind of in the stone age yeah. with their views <laughs> and values on subjects they're very very conservative and um i think that plays a harsh role like quite quite um an impactful role in how people kind of i think that's even why people even have to have the journey of coming out because like he said, like you've already got this idea pushed on you and what you're quote unquote supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. even the fact that like the traits that you're talking about that would make you seem quote unquote gay, it's, let's be, let's be honest, as a guy, those are feminine traits, right? If anyone sees anything feminine with you, they're gonna assume that you're gay. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not even like, that's a stereotype. You know, there are, there are yeah. effeminate gay men, there are masculine gay men, like same with, with lesbians and bisexual people, all the rest of it. But it's because of just that, that fear of being seen as gay or, or the, the hatred people have towards gay people makes people kind of be directed in a certain way. So even when you're like, for example, like when I was a child and I had a very, very innocent crush, but it was on a girl, you, your whole life you've been told, you know, girls and boys, 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 you know? And, <laughs> And I grew up in a very Christian household. So you even get a little sprinkle of gays go to hell, you know, like on top of that. So that that's already instilled a fear in you from young. So the moment you're just like, oh, I like this. Oh, now I'm going to hell. Oh, no, no, no. 
you can't do that so you have this inner conflict and like when i tell you i was young i was young like i was like nine and you have this inner conflict of this like this thing that you think is like the devil's trying to possess you so you're trying to like fight it until like god knows how old and then eventually you're just like no there's nothing wrong with me it's just Mm. it's just who i like and it takes people so like there's varying lengths of how long that process would take and obviously it's called kind of coming out to announce yourself but i even hate that that has to be a concept because if we just lived in a world where everyone just accepted that some people like might like opposite sex some people might like the same sex some people like might like both some people might like neither and you just just give people the space to get on with it organically you no one would even have to come out do you know what i mean yeah so um so yeah so for me it wasn't even a people ask me oh when did you find out you were bi i would i didn't find out anything like i've always been bi it's just the the mm. moment that i actually chose to stop being scared to accept it that that was my quote-unquote coming out that was about it on the topic of coming out as well like i guess when it comes to the workplace like you you're quite open and, and vocal about the fact that you you know you you are queer and i think it's probably upon meeting you the first time we we kind of you at least mentioned it mm. is is that something you do intentionally just to make people aware is or like is that something that you arrive to at some point is that something that you do to yeah i was just wondering like how do you go about it yeah um, when you introduce yourself to new people there there is um there is a bit of a not a strategy, but like it is a little bit intentional, obviously depending on the space and how safe I feel in the space. Cause like, mm. like we discussed, like a lot of like black people and brown people come from very conservative backgrounds. And even though a lot of us are pro- progressive, some of us still do have a lot of conservative backgrounds. So like, I can't, it can't just be like any group of like black people that I just be like, yo, um, hey, <laughs> you can't just say that in front of everyone. Cause some people just straight up just be like, nah, we don't believe in all that. Um, but in in the spaces like around you guys, for example, where I do feel it's safe to communicate that I try and bring it in in a as much of an organic way as possible to remind people like, yo, there's queer people around you. The conversations that you're having don't have to be heteronormative. Do you know what I mean? Because, for example, people would be the first thing people would ask me is, do I have a boyfriend? Mm. And I'd be like, no no one's going to ask me, do I have a girlfriend? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and before you know it, you don't know anything about my partner. I could have been happy to share information about my partner with you, but you will now never know because you had a, a single uh, frame of mind. So I try and bring it organically, not in a big showy announcement kind of way, just to be like, just a reminder, even like, you know, the language that you use or the type of questions that you ask or, or whatever, just to always be inclusive in that language um, because you don't know who you, who you're leaving out when you forget that there's queer people around you. Yeah. Yeah. A topic of language is super interesting, just because, you know, personally with me growing up, I guess probably similar to all most of us. To be fair, just like when it comes to school, the sort and like friendship groups and like the sort of language we'd use, mm. the way it's evolved over time. Obviously, we live in a a much more socially aware society now, where certain topics are being brought up and brought more to the forefront than before. Mm. So I guess now we're, we're a lot more educated than we would have been before. What Did you ever notice a shift when it comes to, like, use of language? Did you ever feel like you were sort of even ignorant in your views just due to your upbringing? Oh, 100%. I always used to say, like, if I were ever to become famous and they found, like, my old Facebook profile, you will 100% <laughs> find, like, homophobic stuff on it. Like, 
it was it was so crazy but it was like a it, I don't think any of them came as like my own thoughts they were all regurgitated stuff based yeah. on like what I'd heard the adults around me say what I'd heard the people around me say you know like yeah. even even the line I think the line that I used to rock because I'd never been a person that'd be like I, I, I hate gay or queer, queer people but it was more like you know like I don't have a problem with them I just don't agree with it kind of okay. or or it's not natural or it's against my beliefs as like I was I was a Christian before I told you I grew up in a Christian household so those are the types of things that I was more prone to saying right mm. until I got a bit older and I got a bit more comfortable with questioning everything that I had been taught even just the fact that I said that oh I don't have a problem with it who 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 the hell asked me whether it was my business to have mm. a problem or be okay with anyone's like if someone exists and they're queer they exist it, yeah. it's not up for debate or for me to have an issue with you know yeah. um and the whole, even the, my favorite thing that I unlearned, saying that it's unnatural, for example, right? Because, mm. you know, the, the argument most people bring up is that, you know, same-sex couples can't reproduce um, biologically, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And I started, like, researching to, do you know how many animals there are in the animal kingdom that are in same-sex relationships or are just straight-up gay? I went into this, like, loophole of research, right? There's different types of lions that exhibit, like, homoerotic behaviours. There's these monkeys that have, like, lesbian relationships. Some dolphins are gay. I mean, like, dolphins are quite <laughs> commonly known as being gay. But, like, there's yeah. so many different versions, right? <laughs> Even, like, the fact that there were, like, certain same-sex relationships amongst penguins. But then the function that they have in that society is they adopt the penguins that have either been rejected, um, the baby penguins that have been, like, rejected by their mothers or they don't have parents, stuff like that. And obviously we kind of see similar in, like, in us, like, mm. as amongst humans. So obviously same-sex couples are more likely to, some obviously go through, like, IVF route or whatnot, but some are more likely to go through, like, surrogate or, like, adoptions, right? And it's kind of... It, you, we forget that that also plays a useful role. Not everyone needs to bring kids into the world biologically. That plays a useful role in adopting and keeping that balance and making sure that, you know, other children are still kind of loved. And yeah, just the fact that there were like animals in in the animal kingdom that are gay, I'm just like, they're not running around just like choosing anything, are they? They're just being. So mm. how can we say something's unnatural, but it goes across uh, beyond our species, you know? Um, even the fact, oh, there was... The way snails mate, I will send you a YouTube link. It's so crazy. <laughs> they're like, they're of both sexes until one injects hormones into another and then they become the opposite sex and then they carry the eggs of the other sperm. It's crazy stuff that happens in the animal kingdom, but it's like, there's clearly no one way to be anything, whether it be gender yeah. or sexual identity and it transcends our species. So that whole, it's not natural business is absolute bollocks, right? So that's when mm. I kind of started changing my thought process, changing my language, even when I try and say like, you know, boys and girls and they's and them's, you know, make sure I'm including everyone in the conversation. And if I ask about someone, I will ask about someone's partner as opposed to just saying, oh, have you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Or just to make sure that, you know, whoever that may be that you love, I'm happy yeah. to hear about them. So, yeah. I was going to ask, because that's, that's great language on ways to talk in a, in a workplace. Mm. Number one is just like, I've noticed over the... Few years i'm just like i'm not sure about this person's how this person identifies and mm. they keep talking about a partner mm. i'm like okay well, i'm just assuming yeah it's a bit confusing i'm just like do i do i mm. say nothing do we just mm. talk about this person that exists in your life called a mm. partner because you haven't hinted mm. to how they identify themselves it's because i yeah i come from a place where you just you do you say yeah. what that person is and that yeah. everyone same partner or my other half and I'm just like, okay, your yeah. other half because I don't know who this person <laughs> is. I don't know yeah. why, where, it's such a mystery. Is there other ways in the workplace that you've noticed or 
because as a person of color i'm just like we're still not in a good place when it comes to race in the in the workplace how people talk or even if you're from a poor background or working class background people used to say weird stuff yes when it comes to one sex are there ways to work around it in the office space to make sure you're not making others feel uncomfortable like the partner example i mean i um based on the experience i had in a previous workplace where we had a i was working in the gym we had a pt right and i kind of like already suspected he was gay but even that i had to unpack that because it's not it's it's not i don't have to be some detective to try and suss out some sexuality it's none of my damn business do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean unless they want to share with me um but i really kind of had suspicions right and then he did tell me that he was gay and then there was a girl that kept hounding like oh how's she like have you got a girlfriend have you got a girlfriend i'm trying to find out if paul has a girlfriend to do that and then I then made it a thing that whenever we'd ask anyone like that we were comfortable with, oh, have you got like a girlfriend or a boyfriend? And you just say it like straight face, you know, make sure that it's 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 a normal question because it is a normal question because they may not mm. have a girlfriend, they may have a boyfriend. So you ask it and some people get offended, but then you even like have to tell them to like check that because like, why are you getting offended? Like if you genuinely yeah. do accept gay people, you shouldn't be offended if someone kind of doesn't assume that you're straight. Because technically, that's what we should all be doing. We should not assume mm. anyone is anything, right? Mm. Um, so that's kind of how I ask, if I'm going to ask about a partner, um, I'll ask, you know, how, have you got a girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband or whatever? If not, it, it's not always appropriate. So sometimes I do just leave it at partner. I remind myself, it's, yeah. not, it's not of my damn business if they don't want to tell me the gender of their partner, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And even however someone identifies, like sometimes, you know, I want to make sure that I'm using the right pronouns, but at the same time, you forget that you're like you're othering that person by like zooming in and trying to make sure like what are what are you what are, are you a she him they you know mm. but you don't realize in doing that you've really ostracized them in a way and made it obvious that they're so different looking that you have to yeah. go to extra lengths to figure out their pronouns mm. um yeah. so i was having a discussion and someone just basically said like you know in the times where you don't want to be invasive but you do want to be um inclusive like just kind of offer your pronouns and just be like you know mm-hmm. identify by she her i have mine in my my zoom screen name that was like the one small change that i could do um to try and be an yeah. ally you know you kind of offer your pronouns if someone wants to offer theirs they can they can but you know you don't zoom in on it so much because you could just end up making them feel like okay i i obviously look queer that's why this person's kind of you know chipping over their words to try and figure out what my pronouns are so that sounds like it's more like trying to make it an invitation mm. to be yourself if you want to yes. but you don't have to so like if i'm absolutely so with with the partner example i actually i actually really like asking um do you have a partner because they can say yes i have a partner without having to disclose whether it's a girl or a boy yeah. or whether they them yeah <laughs> exactly that's very interesting and i guess also the difference between those conversations and conversations about race are they're not apparent Mm. upon meeting mm. so it's it's everybody's individual choice how much they want to share yeah, exactly. um but at the same time they're so important that we would want people to be at least comfortable sharing um so yeah i think that like those invitations are are almost key yeah you're spot on it's, it's literally just about you know as much as we kind of want to like rush and make people feel that you also don't want to put them in a position where we're almost for- forcing them to kind of come out to you um, so yeah, mm. so you just kind of use the language that leaves the floor open. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, whoever you're dating or whatever you identify with, I accept all of those identifications. If you should want to share them, if you don't, that's also totally fine. I just, you know, I'm here for you as a person. That kind yeah. of thing. I like that. Use the language uh, that leaves the floor open. Mm. 
that's very nice language. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it, it it makes me more aware because when it comes to my gender and how I identify, I am I am the majority for once. You mm. know? Yeah. So it kind of it's a nice reminder to be like, you know, I need to it's easier for me to tell someone how I identify myself mm. and make it they feel comfortable than them to open up to me. Exactly. Yeah. And be like this is who I am. I'm just like you don't have to do that, but like, yeah, you're the minority in the situation. Yeah. I should be, I should be, you know, the person given more. And and as a cisgendered man, how many times have you ever had to explain your gender identity? You just we just walk around, you know, knowing that people will probably assume correctly until mm-hmm. that one time. Like I think <laughs> I find it funny how people think you know gender is not a big deal until someone misgenders you. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. honestly, that's crazy. <laughs> I've been, uh, I think when I was younger, I probably got offended. I'll be real. Yeah. But the older I got, I'm like, damn, I, I must be handsome if you think I could be gay. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah. No, I was no, like, like misgendering you as in like, not even, not, not, even not like sexuality wise, just misgender. Oh, I mean, you've oh, got a moustache okay. and a beard, so it might be a little less likely. But I remember when I shaved my hair, I didn't have makeup on once. I went through McDonald's drive through. Oh, here you go, sir. Sir, and then oh like, I caught myself. <laughs> oh, I got, I even got offended for you, which I shouldn't have. <laughs> you know like, but it's like, but that even highlights our privilege, right? We're so used to being correctly gendered because uh-huh. we're cisgendered people, you know, we're not transitioning or looking like queer in a, in a conventional kind of gendered world. Um, so that in itself, I had to check my privilege. I was just like, no, 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 this, that's why even like given my pronouns, I'm not mm-hmm. assuming that everyone's going to gender me correctly in in the way that some transgendered or non-binary people don't have that privilege to assume that everyone's yeah. going to gender them correctly. They have to like correct people all the time, and that shit must be heartbreaking. Excuse my language. Um, it must to, be. Yeah, and like even when you even have, for example, like masculine presenting women who go into the toilets, and you have people question you in the toilets. You're just trying to mm-hmm. do your business, bro. But you know your gender identity is causing a lot more fuss than it should because some people are just used to this one way of presenting when it comes to gender um so yeah so even if we can do our bit in terms of like pronouns and making it you know normalizing the conversation we kind of help those who kind of still unfortunately suffer the consequences of you know not having the privilege of being gendered like correctly all the time and stuff like that Yeah. yeah oh can we talk about the toilet example actually just because i mean that's that's office relevant. I I think right now, and I didn't actually I didn't actually realize. So mm. I've been using kind of all the toilets, but we do. I I, I heard the other day what? we do have separations. So mm. like, I ended up using the male's <laughs> toilet more often than I use the girls' toilet. I didn't know there was a by difference. accident. <laughs> waving at Bob as he walked in. Hey, Bob, Bob. He just never said anything. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Right, what is <laughs> I didn't realize, yeah. but is that, is that, is, is the solution to this just having gender neutral toilets? I love the idea of gender neutral toilets. Um, when I was on Brixton Finishing School, we were, the first place that we visited was a D and D and they, they were just cubicles. But obviously now, because it's such a politically charged conversation, when people say gender neutral toilets, it makes it sound like such a political shift. But really, mm. like, for example, in primary school, you know, just kind of just go toilet where you go toilet. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's before puberty, no one cares. Um, there was a toilet that I went to when I was in Denmark. It was in McDonald's. 
I love this. This is, this is completely <laughs> random, but I went to a McDonald's in Denmark. I was like, have you got toilet sinners upstairs? And I went in, I went to the toilet, I came out, and there was some guy next to me. And I washed my hands, and I was just like, why's that guy here? And I looked like, I didn't even notice that they were just mm. cubicles, right? They didn't have to make a big announcement, call it gender neutral or anything like that. Yeah. It's just go in the cubicle, close the door after yourself. That's yeah. it. No one needs yeah. to divide you Shouldn't by gender. be a big deal. And even, do you know what I find hilarious? This rise of quote unquote gender neutral clothing. It, you know, once upon a time, it just used to be called unisex and we didn't kick a fuss over it. Do you remember that? Mm. Oh, yeah. It just used to be called unisex. No one cared. I've never mm. heard the term gender neutral clothing. That's yeah, hilarious. That sounds mad to me. It's on the, like, on the Nike website, on ASOS, and it seems so cool and progressive. Like back in the day, we used to call it unisex and no one cared. But because yeah. of how politically charged gender identity is right now, it seems like a such a big shift. It's not. So I feel like toilets, obviously, they're, it's a lot harder to change toilets because it's like built in the structure of the building but yeah 100% we should just have cubicles let everyone crack on with what they're cracking on with mm. Mm. To, to your point of um the, like the gender neutral um conversation and how it's so hyped because mm. I think like also when we have conversations about race it's it's also always a question of how much is too much sensitivity mm. and how much is like just enough how do we navigate and also you know with everybody learning what's acceptable and what isn't when it comes to the conversation around the, like lgbtqia plus issues i was gonna say like i i guess i struggle with that a lot as well like i, I try and look for a balance i guess like i'm still learning and i still have a lot to learn um but i guess you know there's some things that i may not completely understand or still might not completely agree with and you know you try and find you just try and find like that the happy medium that doesn't mm. like that's not disrespectful to mm. to everyone or anyone or the other community mm. you know i think it it, it 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 goes back to the race stuff because anytime we ever talk about race we're just like it can't be that hard to make this happen or that happen yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm not asking for too much. That's how I put my new hat on. Yeah. Where I'm just like, is it that deep? Like, for yeah. you to just... Yeah. If we're the majority, can you just... Yeah. I don't want to have arguments in the toilet, my guy. Like, yeah. it's, it's small <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't think it's... I don't think... I can... I'm not bending my back for that. That's not... Mm. I don't feel strained by accepting that. Mm. You know, yeah, so yeah. many aspects of it. I'm just like, I don't think I'd ever be affected. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. A large, mm. a large community, communities are gonna win, and yeah. I'm, I'm gonna carry on living. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, that's how I see it. The way I see it, like, I'm gonna kind of parallel race in like um, the queer community a, a little bit here. Like, um, it's obviously when you're okay in one, like, okay in both. I'm, I'm a marginalized community, right? But for example, like, you have, you see some sometimes. Um, I don't know if I can quote here, but like the Daily Mail, for example, has like really inflammatory mm-hmm. headlines, right? Yeah. Um, it'll be it'll be like the dumbest, dumbest shit, but it could be really inflammatory for some like some some white people. Um, and it could trigger like especially like maybe like working class white people, and it could trigger them like who have like who may not even have any black or brown friends to know like better. Uh, they might see stuff like you know, um, there was literally a headline. Was it yesterday? Um, that you know terms like white privilege are what's causing white working class children to like you know yeah. struggle in school stuff like that right now <laughs> we know better we're just like bro like we're all struggling like we want better for all of us but you know there might be some work, white working class people that see that those inflammatory headlines and 
not have access to to people that will tell them better and be like yeah it's true it's it's not fair and then before you know it they've got like this this racial fire brewing within them right so mm-hmm. i find similar things when it comes to like um the lbgtq community um where i see some like race baiting headlines like i think it must have been pierce morgan or something some, someone like that someone inflammatory like that saying that you know from now on it can't be called snowmen it has to be called a snow person and you can't call them gingerbread men it has to be a gingerbread person mm. nobody asked for that i promise you <laughs> i promise Whoa. you no one asked for that but yeah. they will get those clickbaity inflammatory headlines where yeah. people will be like, "These damn queers, these LG, these alphabet people, they want to take take away everything." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So when you're not part of the community like that and you have no one to tell you better, you could take those headlines and like run with it, right? And mm. you think, yeah. "Oh, everyone's so sensitive. You can't say anything these days." And I'm just looking. I promise you, not once in my damn queer life have I sat there with my friends and be like you know what we should call it a gingerbread person like yeah. and and do you know what it's not the end of the world if you do either I genuinely yeah. don't care either way like it, exactly. it will change nothing like there was a discussion about uh, changing you know the titles they have in school like head girl and head boy yeah. and it's just like oh they wanted to remove those to be more like the students wanted to remove it to be more inclusive and some people went up in arms it's just like okay just call it head of school like it yeah. will not actually ruin anything like yeah but at the end of the day no one's actually like crying themselves to sleep at night if those things mm. don't get changed at the same time so i think those are the things that kind of frustrate me because i know that if you're not part of the queer community you could see that and think that's what the majority of the queer community want and you could easily turn around and say oh like it's it's way too sensitive now do you know what i mean um yeah and yeah that's when i do think okay i wish i wish you people had people around you to discuss and i could tell you no one cares about that that's just an inflammatory yeah. headline yeah. I think what it is is that like people are just stuck on traditions. I was just gonna say, yeah, people are so stuck on traditions, mm-hmm. and it's like even if the tradition isn't necessarily even a good one, mm. like people just it's there, so I don't want it to change, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And the moment that uh, like change is even suggested, everyone's up in arms. Oh, how could you change it? Yeah. Like yeah. it's been like this for a hundred years, and it's like okay, but is that necessarily even a good thing that it's yeah. been like this? Yeah. Years, so. uh, hey guys, I feel like this has been a really great conversation. This was this was amazing. Thanks so much, Dorcas. This was this was really insightful. And also, yeah, just as as a conversation starter and also just kind of a thought starter, really, really valuable. Yeah, I feel like it's been an open one. I feel like everyone's come happy to make themselves look like an idiot, because that's how you learn. And I feel yeah, yeah. a big problem is people are so scared of looking dumb, they'd rather look terrible yeah. in a one-off instance. Mm, Don't think yeah. it's worth it. But yeah, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for, for having me. I mean, this is just, you know, like I'm still very, very much on a journey to learn. Um, but you know, what what I have learned so far, I'm, I'm happy to kind of share and like hear from, you know, the experiences of others too, because, you know, it kind of helps you know what our barriers are between understanding each other and stuff. Yeah, that's 100%. Off the back of what Ress said, I think, yeah, it's just important that, like, you shouldn't be afraid to look dumb in the aim of being an actual better person, mm. I think. I think yeah. that's super important. Quote so. of the day. Well, there you go. Yeah. You're never acting brand new, yeah, yeah. And you always stay true, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never acting brand new.
Stick by you. Stick by me, I stick by you.